0: This is an AMI podcast.
1: You're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast with Chef Mary Mammoliti. Vancouver is certainly a lovely hub of folks here who are very passionate about their food. And also they come from lots of different demographic backgrounds. We like to work with a bunch of different product developers and then sort of contract them to come in and share their sort of full expression of what they believe a delicious, beautiful snack to be. We're constantly sort of challenging ourselves to look in different places for other exciting things that we can put out and offer to our customers. We very much say, have fun with your food. You don't need to overthink it. 80% wholesome, untouched goodness and 20% what we call earned indulgence, which is kind of the fun portion.
0: That's Neil Thompson, founder and CEO of Naked Snacks. Neil, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so excited.
1: It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Mary.
0: Tell us a bit about who is Neil Thompson and what are Naked Snacks?
1: Right on. That's a a huge question. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I I think so much of me is defined by food. um, And and in particular, uh, my weakness, certainly for eating non-nutritious options. Um, and I'll, I'll be the first person to put my hand up and say I have an absolute uh, soft spot for sugar and uh, potato chips, any kind of junk food that's mm-hmm. sitting within arm's reach. Uh, I'm completely all over it.
0: I get
1: um, that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, I mean, it's, it's kind of the, the underlying... Theme of the relationship that I have when my wife and I first met and we started dating. uh, You know, we were having a casual Sunday afternoon, just relaxing and sitting on the couch. And uh, I was just in my complete zone, me mentally collected to my bag of potato chips, uh, smashed through virtually the whole bag of chips, and just heard a voice in the corner of the room say, Dude, that's disgusting. And I thought, oh man, did she see that? I didn't think she was watching. Um, So from that moment, I kind of, we had a great conversation where I said, I I love uh, to sit and go about my day and snack. I'm more of a snack person than a big meal person, but a lot of the snacks out there are just uh, not appealing in either the fact that they don't taste great, they taste too kind of crunchy and like they just fell off a tree, or uh, the brand that is associated with the product is just uh, a little bit too, um, I'm not sure if preachy is the right word, but it really spends a lot of time communicating just um, values and a brand image that doesn't really resonate with me. It's not as fun and light and bubbly as it could be. So that was kind of the genesis for Naked Snacks. And from there, we developed a bunch of products that are healthy and delicious at the same time, and a brand that folks feel like, you know, I don't have to take my food Seriously, all the time, in the sense that I need to be looking for the most healthy option that exists in the market and worrying about anything that has a little bit of sugar in or has an exotic uh, flavor or spice to it. Uh, We have an 80 20 nutritional philosophy, so 80% wholesome, untouched goodness, and 20% what we call earned indulgence, which is kind of the fun portion. We very much say have fun with your food, enjoy it, you don't need to overthink it, you're getting all the nutritional benefits of the whole foods. And you're having a bit of fun with it at the same time.
0: Well, I love that. And that's the first thing I noticed about your snacks were that there was that 80-20. But where did the name come from? Because I'm going to be honest, it's the first thing that caught my eye was the name.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing how hard it is to find a name for a company um, in that I, I always wanted a name that was memorable. So thank you for sharing that because uh, I love that it is memorable and I love that it does stand out to folks. Um, and it's one of the first things that has to happen when anyone starts a company. Um, figuring out that name and what kind of name is it going to be. So we wanted it to be a name that was uh, descriptive, mm-hmm. in some sense spoke to the type of product that we sell. We certainly want it to be a memorable name that folks would remember and it wouldn't just disappear into the background. Um, and then it also needed to reflect that kind of fun Brand identity that we infuse throughout everything that we do. And uh, again, it was, I mean, I'll talk about my wife at Fairmont because she's been through this entire journey with me and she mm-hmm. talks about being an entrepreneur by marriage. Um, <laughs> and again, I was sitting on the couch. It seems like the couch is where I do a lot of my really good thinking, but I was, uh, <laughs> I was ready to point that out, but you just yeah. let me do it. <laughs> Yeah, and I was sitting on the couch one day and sort of bouncing names back and forth, and uh, and there were a lot of no's, and she shook her head and she said no, nope, no, nope, that's that's doesn't resonate, not great, and then said naked snacks, and she stopped and she said yeah, I like that, that's good, and that was it, we just did it
0: yeah it definitely it's i love the name honestly i can't say it enough Thank and everyone you. that i mentioned it to i'm like oh have you tried naked sacks like no i like it what is it <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who doesn't love being naked
0: right <laughs> i have a couple of games are you up for it do you want to play a couple of games with me
1: yeah let's do it love it
0: first one this or that
1: that that oh, sorry <laughs> <laughs> the choice is yours you can get with this or you can get with that chocolate <laughs> pudding or chia pudding <laughs> chocolate for sure you had me in chocolate mary
0: <laughs> granola bar or nuts
1: um granola bar
0: banana chips or fresh banana
1: fresh banana me too
0: coffee or green tea
1: coffee yeah
0: yeah i'm gonna split on this one edamame or roasted chickpeas
1: roasted chickpeas for sure
0: roasted chickpeas okay so yeah. give up sugar for life uh-huh. Or salt for life.
1: Shh. Ouch.
0: Yeah, That's a no-win don't.
1: situation. Wow. <laughs> I couldn't possibly give up sugar. Not possible.
0: Same. Donuts or cupcakes?
1: I think donuts. Go with coffee. Love it.
0: <laughs> Chips or chocolate? Chips. You are so going down your list of this or that question, seeing what you chose and trying to make a meal out of this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Getting ready for later today. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> what was the very first naked snack that you've ever made?
1: Well, the first one that we did was one called Tuscan Road Trip. We kind of went out and we thought, okay, let's let's start with what Neil likes. Let's keep it simple. <laughs> uh, shamelessly, I I didn't even really know the difference between a, a walnut and a and a cashew at that point. So. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, it's, it's crazy. And now, five years later, looking back at that, it's mad to me. But anyway, we all learn in, in all sorts of wonderful ways. Mm. So it was identifying you know, which of the main nuts that folks generally love is, uh, is something that I enjoy. And cashews is something that I settled on. And then we thought, okay, great. Cashews is excellent. Let's look at uh, flavor profile. We've got a sort of nutritional base. How do we build out the flavor profile? Um, immediately, dark chocolate came to mind. And uh, I love cherries as well, so we put some dried Bing cherries in the mix as well. And then we looked at, okay, let's, let's start with something that is fairly simple. We don't want to add too many ingredients to it so that you've got sort of six or seven things going on. Let's keep it to four or five. And I loved it, and I thought this is wonderful, excellent. With all our product development, we kind of evolved it from basic testing that we do ourselves to friends and family around us. And then uh, to the general public when we feel like we're in a place where a mix or a snack is, uh, is really hitting on the notes that we want it to hit on in terms of 80-20, um, we then will put it online. And we feel confident that anything we put online is going to be well received to an extent. Uh, in that, you know, we've got snacks like wasabi peas, for example, mm-hmm. and some folks love wasabi peas and they say, this is my favorite of the 30 and I can't get enough. And then there's a, a good chunk of folks out there who say, don't ever send me wasabi peas because mm-hmm. uh, uh, I certainly won't want that. So we, we quickly learned we're not going to try and cater to everyone. We're going to be respectful of the fact that everyone has different tastes, but there's certainly a base level of quality and uh, nutric- nutritional integrity that all our snacks must have so no added preservatives, no added sugars no added colorants. Um, everything is as um, is, is wholesome and, and untouched as we can possibly get. We have 30 different snacks that we offer online at the moment. The online channel is has the widest variety in 30. In between that we kind of uh, have an office channel we send to offices and we send to hotels throughout Canada and then we also have a grocery, uh, channel, we send out to grocery stores, um, mostly throughout Western Canada at the moment, looking to eastward expansion later this year.
0: Has the legalization, and I have to ask this, of weed in Canada had any impact on sales?
1: That's such a great question because <laughs> I love thinking about these changes that happen in the world and then mm-hmm. waiting to see how they're going to affect my business. And I, th- I think it's just this crazy curiosity that it sits in my brain. And, and, uh, in the beginning, it was certainly something that we had a couple of dispensaries who immediately started ordering from us. Really? Yeah. They saw that connection too. And they said, this is great. We need to bring in your snacks. And it really started picking up nicely. And I thought this is wonderful. And then what the BC government did was to say, dispensaries are only allowed to sell their marijuana products and or their hemp products and not any food or items that make them look like they could be a grocery store. And I'm not entirely sure on the thinking behind that. Perhaps they were concerned that, uh, marrying one highly regulated product with other products that are far lower regulation profile. Maybe that would muddy the waters in terms of who is allowed to enter these stores. And maybe that some underage folks would enter the stores not sure, but it it kind of fell off a cliff. So actually a funny, funny story. One of the dispensaries, they said, you know, we just typically love to pay people in cash instead of checks. And so they uh, said, what we're going to do, we're based on Victoria, uh, uh, based in Victoria, so Vancouver Island. What we're going to do is we're going to send over our payment by float plane. And so it'll arrive uh, sort of on Friday afternoon in the afternoon float plane. You'll be able to go down to the terminal and pick up your payment. And it was the weirdest thing really? in the world to just work in this wonderful, exciting, fast-moving environment and have folks who are just operating in this completely different way. And they're kind of like – and it felt weird. It felt like I was doing some sort of drug deal. And I was like, <laughs> no you know honestly you sold that's s- what came s- to mind yeah yeah it was the weirdest thing and you, know, you sold snacks to someone you issued an invoice they issued a payment they just happened to want to send payment by float plane in <laughs> cash in a brown envelope that's okay <laughs> did you have to wear sunglasses and a hat when you went to school pick Mary, <laughs> i honestly i thought i might it was re- <laughs> it was really weird
0: i'm mary mamoliti and you're listening to the kitchen confession podcast Today, I'm talking with Neil Thompson, a Canadian entrepreneur spreading joy one snack at a time. So how do you come up with the flavor profiles for the snacks?
1: Yeah, it's um, just humans. We have sophisticated palates, obviously. Um, and, and some folks, I've realized, have a natural gravitation towards savory. And, and folks have a natural gravitation towards sweet. And when we do samplings and, um, and things, events out in the world, you know, that's the first thing we ask folks. And they'll often say definitely one or the other. It's not often that someone will kind of say, oh, maybe a bit of both. But the funny thing is that there's so much magic in a bit of both, you know, mixing in some salt and some sweet. We've got a new snack coming out at the moment, which we're going to call Spicy Joe. And uh, Spicy Joe has a jalapeno roasted cashew in it. And a wow, chocolate-covered espresso bean. Oh. And so you've got that flavor profile of the sweet and the savory. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and certainly for me, there's a little bit of magic in that.
0: So who does the sampling for this?
1: Luckily, it's mostly me and my wife. I was going to say,
0: can I throw my name yeah. in the
1: hat? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. We, we, uh, we love doing it. I mean, it's so much fun. And, and we'll, do, we'll do sampling. We're always thinking about new product development. Vancouver is certainly a lovely hub of folks here who are very passionate about their food. They have deep expertise and also they come from lots of different demographic backgrounds and things. So bringing in lots of different flavor profiles and uh, we like to work with a bunch of different product developers and then sort of contract them to come in and share everything they know. And share their sort of full expression of what they believe a delicious, beautiful snack to be, we're constantly sort of challenging ourselves to look in different places for other exciting things that we can put out and offer to our customers.
0: What snacks took you the longest to perfect?
1: You know, that's a tough one, Mary. I mean, perfection is unachievable. I think what we're always trying to do is just make sure that we're doing a fantastic job with our sourcing. It's really about finding suppliers that we love to work with who are doing fantastic work within their own companies. They have wonderful teams who they support. They look after their staff. They're operating in ethical and uh, sustainable ways and marrying those values and, and that ethic with our own internal values and ethic. If we're working with partners who show up in the world and think and feel the same way that we do, we know that we're going to have a fantastic working relationship with them. The communications will be strong and healthy and happy. We can expect great levels of service and reliability. And we love working in a world like that.
0: What I did want to tap into was your delivery program. People can do a subscription box, but there's also an organization that you contribute to.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so the organization we contribute to is called Breakfast Club of Canada. and. Um, Breakfast Club of Canada is a nonprofit headquartered in Ottawa, but they also have an office here in Vancouver, who we work with. And their whole focus is on, you know, we live in this wonderful, wealthy, abundant country called Canada, and uh, amazingly, there are still uh, there's still an underlying element of uh, food insecurity that exists, and a reasonable portion of that food insecurity sits with young kids who go about. Their sort of daily lives, just being young kids. Most of that is spent at school, and sometimes they'll go to school and they, they won't actually have access to a healthy breakfast. And Breakfast Club of Canada, they work directly with the schools to make sure that there are snacks and food and resources available, so when kids come to school, they can feel confident that they will have access to their their, their morning meal, and by in turn that confidence and that security that they feel from that uh, sort of physiologically, our brains absolutely need food. They absolutely need to be nourished to be at their best so we can learn. And, um, and then there's an underlying sense of security that they feel, you know, they're taken care of. They can show up and just be kids and not worry about this really fundamental thing. Like, where's my next meal going to come from? Where am I going to get my breakfast from? So we love that, and uh, it's a wonderful alignment with how we feel about food, and how how we feel about ensuring that we work within a community of folks who feel safe and secure in the world. So what we do with the program is for everyone who orders a box online, we in turn will donate a snack on their behalf to Breakfast Club of Canada.
0: So let's talk about packaging. Nowadays, everyone, is interested in minimal packaging, eco-conscious trends are, are everywhere, like plastic yep. versus paper. Is that part of your thought process when you design the packaging for Naked Snacks?
1: It, it absolutely is. And it's a wonderful question because in a past life before starting this company, I worked uh, for the university here at the business school and I was I was working as a sustainability consultant. Okay. Um, so yeah, that sort of environmental consciousness is a core value for me. Our packaging at the moment is number four, recyclable, recyclable, which means it's a soft plastic and it can typically be recycled. I know in Vancouver, we can take it to London drugs and they have a soft plastics recycling. Um, so that's what we do. And uh, th- there's a step beyond that, which is okay. Um, you know, how do we get it to a place where it's fully biodegradable? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something we're looking at at the moment, and we're working with some suppliers and some partners to figure out that piece. Because I, I have absolutely had customers contact me and say, "I love your snacks. I love ordering them for my home. Um, can you do something about the packaging?" Uh, and I've had one customer even say, "I won't order from you again until you change to biodegradable packaging." Really? And it's that kind of—it's uh, amazing, you know—the thousands and thousands of customers that we serve one customer takes that position and says that thing. And that's the voice that really resonates in my mind when it comes to packaging, because there's absolutely things that we can do to move towards biodegradable. So the technology behind biodegradable packaging is not where it um, will be in a couple of years. That's kind of the disclaimer. I I think we're heading towards a world where hopefully we'll see a lot more of not only on the plastic side of things, biodegradable packaging being used, but also on the box side of things. We use reclaimed board that uh, isn't sort of virgin tree, for example. It's, it's been recycled and reused. Um, so that's an easy piece to do. And, and the technology is certainly there today. On the biodegradable side of things, the technology is getting a lot better um, but I think we've still got a few years years to uh, to wait before it gets there but having said that we're not going to wait we're going to move this year we are we're having conversations with folks at the moment and uh, later this year we'll'll we'll hopefully have a, a exciting announcement that we can make about it and um, there's a, a, a cost increase that that we're happy to incur because it means that we're being able to show up in in the world in, in the way that we want to and we're being able to serve our customers when they've explicitly asked to see something
0: what's the process like to be allergen free certified because i've just noticed this on packaging where it's just may contain nuts may contain this and there's a whole laundry list like is it just easier and more cost effective as a producer to use that blanket statement that it may contain all of these things
1: you know it's so much of it is on the company itself there's some folks who will outsource their production say for example make a, a cracker they can produce that in a facility where they can absolutely say this is a nut free facility they also then have health and safety standards and practices that they follow that are specifically relevant to nut free facilities we do our production internally and we're very much a nut based snack we never use peanuts but peanuts is another thing we offer a bunch of dried fruit and we offer a couple of nut free snacks i think about 12. Uh, 40% of our snacks are nut-free, but because they're all produced in the same facility where we are producing the nut snacks, it's not possible for us to guarantee that there's no sort of cross-contamination. So we need to sort of observe maximum caution and assume that everybody is allergic to even small particles. And then our blanket disclaimer needs to be, this is a facility that processes and handles nuts, and all of our products, therefore, contain nuts.
0: Okay, I've got some rapid fire for you. What's your favorite ingredient to cook with?
1: Oh, gee, rapid fire. Uh favorite ingredient, butter. Butter, okay. I wouldn't, I wouldn't snack on butter, <laughs> but I think if I'm going to cook with something, I default put butter in everything. It makes it taste so great. All
0: right. What's your favorite curse word to use in the kitchen?
1: I, I think I, I just say crap a lot. And it's in reference to like the, what I've made and also me generally burning something or dropping an egg or something and just saying crap.
0: How about describe yourself as a teenager in three words?
1: Massively awkward human. Human. Three words.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What's the best piece of advice you've ever
1: received? Do something about it.
0: What is your biggest
1: pet peeve? It's going to sound really fuddy duddy, but I, I think um, I think people not taking responsibility for what's happened. No, it's a it's a pet peeve. It's uh, and it's something that uh, comes from me and the way I relate to myself. But mm-hmm. just uh, it, it's something I work hard at actually getting better at. but It's still a pet peeve that I'm struggling with.
0: Justin Timberlake brought sexy back. What would you bring back?
1: Oh, wow. Um, that is a really difficult I really question. I wish I had that music right now. Oh. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, bring sexy <laughs> back. What would I bring back? What do I love that's old fashioned? I think I would bring back just that wonderful childhood mindset of just play. I'd bring play back. That's what I'd bring back. Just reckless abandon.
0: Nice one. Well, this is the time where I usually ask my guests to share the kitchen confession.
1: And I'm hoping okay. you got
0: one to share with us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Um, so Mary, I think when it comes back to me, and, and uh, I'm not sure if shame is the right word, but uh, certainly the <laughs> inadequacy of my snacking regime, I, I have to confess that my uh, kitchen skills suffer from a similar uh, shortcoming. Um, and, <laughs> You and I spoke about this briefly, and I I don't think it's as simple as putting it down to sort of a man's brain and a woman's brain. But um, certainly for me, when I'm in the kitchen and I'm cooking away, Mm -hmm. um, if something requires multiple things to happen at the same time, it is just beyond my ability to sort of comprehend and, and, uh, and process what needs to be done. You know, suddenly a book is telling me to... You have this thing chopped and put it in this pan while something else needs to be turned. And this other thing. And it's just, you know, that that whole process is the most stress-inducing thing that on more than one or two occasions, my wife has just said, can you just step away from the kitchen and let me help you? And it's amazing. Oh, it's amazing the level of assistance that I need in the kitchen. And the wonderful level of patience that she shows in me. Um, so, my, my confession is really that I've, I've taken some fairly uh, straightforward recipes
0: uh-huh.
1: and I've completely butchered them. And uh, my overcomplicated one, it? Overcomplicated. And my wonderful, accepting wife has stepped in and said, Let me help. Uh-huh. And uh, the end result has been edible compared to just being a, a a disaster. So I'm very grateful for her.
0: I'm laughing because you and my husband must have read from the same handbook. He's very task oriented in the kitchen. He's like, he's got his one task. And then if I said him, okay, can you just stir what's in there? He's like, you got me chopping right now.
1: Like, yeah, well, this is what yeah. I'm doing. I'm chopping. And uh, don't get me started on the cleanup, Mary. I mean, cleanup has to happen <laughs> as we go. I can't possibly work in a messy, state of a, it has to happen oh, at the, the same two time if
0: you are related oh.
1: guaranteed <laughs>
0: <laughs> he calls himself the humble salad maker
1: <laughs> oh nice <Yeah>. nice
0: <laughs> well thank you thank you so much for joining me coming on the show chatting food and all naked snacks with me thank you mary if listeners want to reach out for more information info from you follow along learn about naked snacks where can they find you where can they go?
1: Uh, I think Instagram is probably a great place. Mm -hmm. Um, certainly that's where you can find us. We, we also are very active on Facebook and then online. If, uh, if you don't spend too much time on social media, then just finding us online at naked snacks.ca and sending us an email to info at naked snacks.ca. We'd be more than happy to connect with folks. We love hearing from customers and hearing ideas about things later this year. I think we'll probably even open it up to, uh, A public sort of uh, snack making competition to interact as much as possible. So a lot of our business really depends on wonderful, vibrant communication with our customers and our community. And we love hearing from people.
0: It's that time we've reached the end of another show. Be sure to visit kitchenconfession.com for more recipes and foodie finds. I'd like to thank producer and editor Matt Agnew, and I'm Mary Mammoliti. See you at the next episode.